Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Sean Siriani, and I got a very special talk for you today. I'm not going to take too much time with the intro. We're pretty much going to get right into it. But today, my guest today, I'm saying today a lot. (laughs) I'm actually kind of rushing with this intro as well to trying to sneak it in before I have a really busy day and I really want to get this episode out to you. But enough about that, because my guest today is the one and only Dan Siri. I've known this guy my entire life, and he is such an incredible musician. And one thing I love about this conversation is as it goes on, it gets deeper and deeper and philosophical and motivational. Just listening to it back for the edit, uh, I don't know, I'm kicking off my day feeling really inspired. So thanks, Dan, for being on the show. Also, Dan is in a band with somebody, if you listen to the show, she's a frequent guest, uh, Kat Clyde, and they are in a surf punk rock band called The Shit Bats. They just released a brand new album called Guano, and it is freaking amazing. And it's something you got to check out, and if you're listening to the audio version of this episode, you're going to hear a song at the end of this episode. It is so sick. And also to let you know, Dan was one of my first guests in when I was doing pilot episodes of these. We uh, we, we recorded it in his car, <laughs> and uh, it's long overdue to have him back. And this show has grown so much with like a lot of new people listening. Um, I think maybe one or two people listened to that old episode. <laughs> but uh, you may be thinking you're meeting Dan Siri for the first time, but... Um, Beyond that pilot episode, he's actually been on every episode of the show. You know why? Because he actually made my intro song as well. So without further ado, we're just going to jump right into this amazing conversation. And here's Dan Siri coming at you right now. For people who don't know, um, and seeing Danny for the first time, he's actually been on the show every episode at the very beginning. That song you heard, uh, Dan uh, custom made that for me in the show. And uh, I want to say, too, that was like one of the biggest encouragements of me actually sitting down and starting to move the, the ball with this thing. Because I remember I made like a status that it would make sense for me to make a podcast with like my community and asked if people would be interested. And uh, you hit me up was like, oh, do you need a song? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, what do you want it to sound like? And I just uh, gave you a couple bullet points. Yeah. And then you came back with like the most perfect song. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, my God, I have a song. I have to do it now. (laughs) Forced you in a corner. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no but that's good i i think like um i don't know just uh people just sometimes need that encouragement 
especially yeah. like creatives in life too. And it's like, it's always something that not just because of the situation of you being like so generous to me and like giving me a song or whatever, but it's like, I've always wanted to pay that spirit forward to other people. And if I see somebody like trying something or they're overthinking it, I'm just always like, yeah. do it, do it, do it. Cause I don't know. I feel like back in the day, like, I didn't have a lot of like different like um, people in, I don't know, like creative lanes. And every time I would try to do something, I, it would almost get discouraged and I would think I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. But um, long story short, you made me that song. And then years later, I'm talking to like a lot of my heroes and I can't thank you enough, you know, oh, for uh, that push. Hey, you did it and I didn't no, do anything. No, no, you're song. part of the team, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be aboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's uh it's it's cool to finally have you on like one of the newer episodes now as well. Um Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, awesome. I, I'm I'm glad we can do this. Me too. Um and um yeah, obviously I, I've known you like my entire life and growing up, uh music was both a huge part in both of our lives. But uh, what I admire about you is you took the next step. You changed from just being a fan to actually being a, a musician. And you have so many projects and, uh, and um, everything. And I want to know, like, kind of like, do you remember like the seed where it, it changed for you from being just a casual listener to being like, I want to, I need to do this. I need to make this part of my life. Like, um like picking up a guitar like because that was the first thing right was like mm-hmm. yeah, picking yeah. up guitar so i don't like i i actually have tried to think about this now like i talked to my mom and i'm like was i like because i always i'm always curious if there's like because i think that like anything like what i've learned is like a skill set and like i was terrible at guitar for a long time at the beginning and then like you just put in the time and you do get better but i always wonder if there's but is there like some little thing that's just embedded in you that pushes you in that direction that you can't control. And it doesn't matter how much you work at it. Cause I've met people that are like, they're just tone deaf and it's, it's not their fault. They just don't have that ear. Like I did always have an ear and my mom was like, yeah, like we put you in music lessons when I, when I was, I was like two years old and they had me playing in some like kind of, they had us playing violins or I don't know. I think I just did it for a year, but it, like, so I think there's something kind of probably innate that I just, I was drawn to it for whatever reason. Um, yeah, but like it was, but it was, I always listened to music, but it wasn't a, I wasn't like obsessed with it. And then it was probably like hearing like Nirvana was a big one for me really early in like grade five or something. And it would change and it seemed a little more easy. Like, I don't know, music just seemed, I don't know, like unknowable to me. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, for whatever reason, I just my but my uncle also played guitar and he helped and he like, he picked out a guitar for me that was actually a really good guitar. Um, that ended up getting stolen at a gig a million years later, but oh, uh, damn it, <laughs> I know it sucked. That Bastards. one was a tough one. Yeah, because um, I'm like, I'm as a musician, like you got to be able to like <laughs> at a moment's notice sell something if you're dying for some. So like, I'm not really I, I, gear comes and goes. Like I rented this. This is just a cool mic that I'm using for recording for right now, and then that'll go. Like so I'm not not too like sentimental, but that was like the first guitar, and I just put all my years on that one, and it went away. I was like, ah, oh, that sucks. But then you move on. Oh yeah, it's like but um the whole part yeah. But to get back to your question, I I don't know. I just kept going, and then I it was it was something I didn't really consciously like set out to do it really. And then it was just there were some friends of mine that were in my grade that were starting to play guitar too, 
and then you start just sort of forming little bands. And then in high school, there was just sort of people and we started forming little bands and I don't know. And I just kept going from there. And I just sort of, I, once I got the itch, I was like, well, I'm just never going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember like kind of from my perspective too, it's just like you dress, like you went from like, it seems like in my memory, you've just ended up picking it up. And then all of a sudden you're just like the master, just like shredding like Metallica leads and stuff like that. And like within like a year or two. And like, yeah, it took probably like, I have, I, I don't know where it is anymore, but I had like a guitar recital for my first year and I played Lake of Fire by Nirvana. And it's like, you can't even tell what the song is. It's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. So like, it's very important to understand, like you're going to be shit most likely at first, but you just have to like, and I wanted to quit a lot of times. And my mom was really supportive and just sort of said, well, maybe give it another try. And da, da, da. and I had a great teacher. So like, it's a lot of things helped. It wasn't just, you know, and it wasn't all, it was definitely not overnight, but then at a certain point, you kind of get half good. And I like my guitar, you like, you went to Jeff Bond too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we both had the same guitar teacher and he would teach you all the Metallica stuff. And like, that was a huge deal for me when I was really young, like 14, 15, that was like, this is it. Yeah, um, yeah. He was like such a cool guy. And like, um, I hear people who take in music lessons in the past for like different things. And uh, they always start off with like an insane amount of theory. But I remember going to see Jeff and he made it like fun, like so fun. Like he's a... Uh, like he, I met him and then he was like, bring in your favorite CD next week. I'm like, oh, okay. And I, I forget it was like Metallica or some, probably some new metal band, like a corn CD. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. he just, he presses play, listens to it for like a few seconds, kind of nods his head, puts his fingers on the fretboard and then just starts writing tabs. I'm like, oh my God. Like this, yeah. guy's, like, this guy's like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Especially at that age of blow your mind. You're like, I can't even, I can't, how can you even do that? And yeah. It, yeah. Seems, it seems like magic. Yeah, definitely. And like, um, I've just kind of like took a, like that experience casually for me, but it, it always gave me, uh, a respect for people who would master like instruments and just seeing like I haven't. Is. I still haven't. <laughs> well, you you do enough to get by for many years and you get so many amazing projects and I know you're like a hired gun for people too sometimes and just like it's it's incredible the life uh you you've built from just picking up and playing. Yeah, I again there was never really a solid plan in place and that maybe there should have been but uh <laughs> i just always wanted to play and i didn't care and so i just would join bands and i always wanted to be in bands and i just kept going and then uh at a certain point i had sort of in my like early mid 20s i was playing a lot of uh i'd started playing like cover gigs and stuff in bands and or even uh yeah no i wasn't playing solo yet at that point but it was sort of like i was in a band and we had really tried to like put something together and then it just, it fell apart and it was sort of with, it just didn't work. And I remember just being super, super like just really low and not knowing what to do. And then I remember going, just thinking there's this like program at Fanshawe that's like music industry arts that I had actually tried to get into twice earlier on, in, like in my sort of like straight out of high school. And then another point early in my early twenties, never got in. And then I, I, I don't know, I'd done some work and I had enough stuff that I could get in. And I just sort of applied for that with no, no, I had no idea what I would do. I just, I didn't, it was more of a recording school. I didn't even care about recording. I just wanted to be in bands, but I figured I could be around people that are also as insane about music and just want to do that. 
And then that's like the first day I was there, I met Strummer, who is the drummer of the Shipbats. And he ended up being like my first MIA friend and like my best MIA friend probably. And it just, it was, it's like, and then oddly enough, he had, his dad sort of knew my dad from back in the day. They played on a hockey team in high school together. We didn't even know that at the oh, yeah, wow. time. I didn't know that either. That's yeah. incredible. Super weird. Yeah. I wow. know. Wow. It, yeah. It's like, seemed like, it's almost like meant to be you yeah. getting it. Like, and I have a hard time with that stuff, but uh, it's sometimes it's like, dude, you don't know. I don't know. Like I can't possibly know, but it's yeah. Just odd. It, super odd how things just sort of play out as you just sort of, you just go and you keep going and you, I don't know. But yeah, for me, I never really had a plan. I just sort of did it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, obviously like that path, you, you met like Strummer and, uh, and Cat Clyde who uh, you got a brand new uh, album out right now, the shit bats, which is just incredible. <laughs> it's uh, like, if, if people are into like surf music mixed with aggressive punk and um, I'm sure like some people who listen to the show, I've uh, heard Cat uh, Clyde on my show many times um she is actually the front woman of this band and kind of kept it a secret i guess for for a for a while which is is so interesting to me yeah yeah we we just sort of uh it was one of those bands that we always we just it was always a band that it was the most fun to play and we always we like when we were in school we always put on these um like strummer and i would it was it was mo at strummer's place we would just put on these like we did like a thing called like, again, Strummer's idea. I don't want to take credit for it, but it was like a punk lottery. And basically you like would art, like the, I think the ship bats opened it and I was playing in another band at the time and we like, we bookended it. But then there was like, you just put your name into a hat and they just drew it out and then you had to make a band with the three other people and then put together a 15 minute set. And you could only play one cover. You had to actually like write 15, like 10 minutes worth of material. And then anyway, so we oh, would just, cool. we just put on shows and we always just, it was I mean, like shit bats where we would just play these, whatever we played, we did some little bit of touring, but nothing serious. It was never anything really serious. And, but we always just thought it was really good and we just liked it. I just liked, liked playing it and thought the music was, I like, I, I've been in a lot of bands. I can't count a lot though. <laughs> and it was always the most like original thing that I thought I'd been in. It was just the most, I'm like, this doesn't sound like anything that I know. Yeah, that was the one thing I could say. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exactly like I I've I'm been showing uh the music to like a lot of people and it's it's interesting trying to explain it. And again, it's just it's it's, it's his own thing like it's just the shit bats, you know. It's yeah. uh, it's like surf punk but also like cinematic. I I tend to say it like I can picture like some of it like in a, like a Tarantino movie it just has kind of like this classic vibe to it which is yeah for sure like kind of the the concept if there is one uh behind the record is really just like put it like you should be able to just sort of put it on front to back on a like on a drive somewhere and just kind of cruise around like that that was the soul the kind of the mood we were looking to get mm -hmm. and well done and uh I know you, you guys had this, these tracks for a while. Long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how does it feel to finally like get out? And actually, like, how long were you sitting on like this music? Like, so like we always had, we had a few songs, like, so like the, the intro uh, reefer and the outro we'd had for like, since the ship bats were a band. So, you know, like, and the, this band has been around since 2013. I mean, in not we're not super active but like it's been a band for a long time so we've had that we had those three for a while and then uh, i was working on a, another project at the time or so this would have been maybe fuck, 
just about three years ago, maybe two and a half years ago, I was working uh, with my girlfriend, Katie, and we were doing a live record where she was uh, going to do, yeah, we like literally <laughs> got a band together and like, let's play a, a live show, our first show, and we'll record it and we'll do video for it. It's like super high pressure gig. And it was, and we were working with this producer uh, who was kind of, he was, he was going through a rough, rough spot. And we didn't like, I didn't know the guy very well. And, and anyway, so long story short, maybe like two weeks after um, it ended, he ended up taking his own life uh, tragically. Oh, and it was really, it just kind of every hit everybody just like, what like, and it, I remember it just, I was playing some, you know, some gig somewhere. And I remember like just getting, a, I remember Katie calling me and just telling me, and I was like, and then it just lit a fire under me. And I remember sending a, sending a text to Kat and Strummer. I think Mitch, our bass player, was working on a cruise ship. So he wasn't even in the country. Like, he was somewhere else. And I just sort of sent them this, like, hey, man. Like, we've always just, like, we got to do guano. Like, we always knew that the record was going to be called guano. And we'd, like, tried to record it, like, two or three times before. It just, just never was. The songs didn't really cut it. And it just wasn't working for whatever reason. We just were like, this isn't good enough for what we know it could be. So we, anyway, so I just sort of said, let's just like, I don't want to fucking live my life knowing that, you know, I could have done this and I didn't do it. And who gives a shit if it ever, if anything ever happens, like, I just want to have this record to like, remember, you know, for whatever reason, I just want this to get done. And they're like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just do it. And so we went, they were like, and it's hard with Kat's schedule. Cause she's always on the road. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's very, and like, she doesn't even live in this province. So it, getting together is also just difficult to write songs. So it's a lot of like, I'll write riffs on my own and just bank a ton and then send them out. And then we just sort of, and then once we get together, we actually like flush the songs out and put them together. But yeah, we just sort of, uh, after that, we just said, okay, let's do it. And then we sort of pick, let's pick a day. And we sort of picked it for January. Uh, it'll be two years in January we recorded it. And uh <laughs> yeah we were like let's do it and we recorded it at cat and Stromer's place in like rural quebec in this room that had no heat and it was minus 30 every day and it was <laughs> fucking freezing is that why it's so aggressive <laughs> yes honestly man it was like we had to like i would i would turn my amp on which i had this big old 70s amp this old fender and i would just turn it on for like the heat from the tubes like in the room while we were out there because it was just so fucking cold <laughs> so it's like the whole thing yeah and like i remember it, like things on our interface were going like we kept losing channels when we we're doing the drums we're like we're down to five we can only have five mics that's it and we're so it was just like holy shit we just did it we, we did it ourselves um we recorded it ourselves and then uh, a guy that had done cat's record taylor um offered to mix it for us and so we just sort of self-funded it did everything ourselves uh put the video like you helped you shot the video for let me go and then we had uh someone else edit it and we had so we have another and we have another video coming and some live videos sort of that we're holding on to that will be you know coming out at, at some point um but we, we just yeah it's just been a total like we said let's just let's diy it let's actually just it this, this is the type of band that lends itself to being a diy band so let's just let's do it which means you have to do everything yourself which means it takes more time to do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i'm i'm really happy with how it came together it exceeded my expectations so yeah well it turned out so fucking sick but um yeah it's so interesting to hear um just about like kind of like how the life tragedy kind of like put a perspective in your mind of like we're gonna do this it was it like kind of like a a mindset that uh 
Like this plane of existence is not forever and we got to just do what's in our heart in a way or. Yeah. That's kind of how I live. That's, that's sort of why there's never been a plan for me. It's just like, you don't like none of this is ever going to be guaranteed for you. And like there just shit can happen at any moment. And uh, it just, you know, so it's, I sort of just put a fire under my ass and said, let, you know, let's just, let's just do it. And uh, who cares? Like who cares what the, out- don't worry about the outcome. Just do the thing. And then you figure it out after. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, even like sometimes it's that, that first step is um, so hard and you need like an extra like motivation. I don't know. It's like, or maybe that's just with me. Like I tend to be like an overthinker of things and I'll get an idea and it'll be a good idea, but I'll just, I'll just sit on it and sit on it and it'll be like months will go by. And then I finally do it. And it's always just that first step. And then the ball rolls and then I finally put it out and it's, something i'm happy with or it's something that entertains people and i and then i'm like why didn't i do this like earlier you know mm-hmm. it's, it's, mm-hmm. i don't know it's shit's funny that way like, yeah yeah well it, that's i'm definitely guilty of an overthinker myself and uh yeah i i struggled especially when i i tried to put my own things like i at also at the sort of the same time i would had decided you know i'm going to start really getting diving into like mixing in the recording world and just writing my own songs by myself. I'd always been in bands and I've always written songs, but, and I'd always write songs on my own here and there, but never just anything. I'm like, I just sort of said, I want to put, I want to at least put out one thing that I just did by myself just for the sake of doing it. And more to like force myself to get better at recording and mixing and mastering and all that stuff. And so the same, but it took me like another two years, three years to, to even kind of get the, impetus to just okay just go and yeah. like i wrote i wrote multiple so many songs and i'd like send them to people. i remember i'm sure i sent a bunch to you and like hey can you listen to these ones and then yeah, yeah. the world <laughs> will never hear these songs because they just you know they fell by the wayside um but yes i'm well aware of the overthinking thing it's a real thing yeah i remember you you sent me like i forget if it was a song or a batch of songs and um and then you ended up not uh, releasing these at all. And then you switched over to, I think it was called uh, Six Men Get Sick. Correct. And it was like, um, it was still you doing solo stuff, but just a total different vibe. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting too, because the the songs that you haven't released, they I thought they were great songs, but um, I guess your heart just took you like in another direction and uh what was the reasoning for you to change and just do that more experimental type of music? Um, I think at the time, I, I didn't know at the time. Um, so I ended up just sort of doing it. I wrote one song uh, really fast and it came out. It was like a fast kind of like post-punky, post-hardcore-y type song that like I, I and that was like those bands kind of really always held a huge place in my heart and that like that style of music. Mm-hmm. And so I did it. And then that was the first time it came out different. It was way heavier and a lot more um, abrasive, a lot more kind of annoying, like sarcastic almost sounding. And I liked that. And it was, sounded more like me. Um, oh, yeah. So I just, uh, I just sort of started going that way. And then I didn't really, and then I made the record and I put it out uh, right, like right when quarantine happened, I had had, I'd been sitting on it. And I just sort of, I like, I, to be fair, I rushed it and I didn't put together any like the, promo shit that you really should probably do which we did with shit so it's like a good lesson but um so it's yeah i mean it's out there if anyone wants to listen to it it's called six men get sick but what i ended up realizing it was and I, it was funny i didn't even realize it till months later 
was it it probably kind of just like a love letter to that style of music and i don't even know if i'd ever do it again it was just sort of like i was just sort of like this is this is a huge part of my life and i don't know if i want to keep making music necessarily like it but it i don't know i sort of it was like me closing a chapter and i couldn't have told you that as i was doing it but it as the more i think about it in retrospect that's kind of what it was oh, wow. the stuff I right now is not like that at all yeah yeah oh and that's that's really cool to kind of like get that out of your system as like a release because obviously it was there even though like maybe that's not like what you want to make your signature sound and um i've talked about this artist many times in different interviews but um and i'm getting even like uh more in depth with his mind because he just started doing a podcast over quarantine like everybody <laughs> but uh i don't know if you've ever listened to devin townsend but almost every one of his albums is a different genre and then sometimes years later he'll go back to another style but uh he's uh he's been doing like this podcast series where he's like talking about each album and some of them are just like he just throws out there and it's just like a one-off like ambient album and he's just like yeah, I was just going through some shit and this was in me and it came out and like, I'm not going to tour this. This is yeah. just yeah, yeah, yeah. a moment of time. And it's, um, that's, that's interesting to hear about your, uh, six man get sick project, but, uh, yeah. yeah. And it really is because I don't really, I, I don't have it in, like, I know what it takes to, quite frankly, to be in a band like that and like the touring life that you're going to have to do. And I've done it with other bands and, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too old to do that now. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I just, I remember just thinking like, all right, I mean, if you want to do this, but I just kind of, I think I've already done it. And yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's time to like, just, it was cool. And it was, it, I think really a little bit too, it was something that I probably knew how to do. And I was so freaked out about mixing it and doing all the recording of it that it maybe there's some subconscious. I mean, I'm just, making up something after the fact so i don't know but like maybe just like okay I, at least i know this like i'm familiar with this style of music and it was also like it was my dad had passed a couple years before that so there's a lot of that stuff was coming out through that that stuff like there's you know i was sort of exploring my thoughts on death and certain things like that um during it and i'm i'm not then that place anymore so you know it's it's, it's very much i think but I, I think any record you make is very much it's like a little snapshot of just where you are for that moment. And then, but then you're, yeah, then it comes out and you're, and it's two years later and you're like, oh shit, I'm not even like that anymore. Who was this guy? But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Oh no, that's, that's, that's really interesting and like insightful to hear too. If, um, Cause I find like sometimes people, uh, they'll get in like this groove where it's like, they'll come up with a sound and maybe they'll do a couple albums and then, they're like, okay, this is the brand of what it is. This is what people want. And then they keep doing that same thing. But it's like, I don't know that whether like the fire's not there or something. It's just like the same sound, but something's off, you know? Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting game. Like, My favorite bands have always been the bands that didn't go with genres and they just sort of did whatever they wanted to do. And if they felt like doing something, they did it. And it's that's their prerogative and they're going to do what they want those are always the bands that i liked and always like the weirder bands that just sort of did whatever and like mr bungle and dillinger and all those bands were like oh, yeah. you no, know just pure k like yeah dillinger was like my band in my you know my earlier just getting you know that's the only band i have a tattoo of like some, one of their you know songs on my on my arm and that was man that was weird too so like talking about 
again, maybe you're just thinking about it after the fact, but I remember, so when Dillinger announced they're breaking up, I just got a tattoo of like, I got the, like the 43% on the inside of my elbow. Cause um, I was like, that was just the first thing I heard of theirs. It just like broke my brain. So I was like, okay. And, but I, I kind of knew at that time too. I'm like, I'd, I'd quit the heavy band that I was in at that point, like not long before that. And I was kind of like, I just don't think I'm going to do like the real, like super metal aggro stuff anymore. I don't, I don't, I, but I wanted to kind of like say goodbye to it, but like put a, you know, part of my really big part of my, uh, my twenties and all that stuff. Oh, that's and cool. then, so I, I got the tattoo and like a day later, Dillinger announced they're breaking up. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh no, Did I do this. <laughs> but, but still like to what you said, it's like a, a piece of time and everything. And it's yeah. like, it's yeah. obviously a band that's uh, brought you like just great joy and energy and, I remember uh, seeing you at their final show as well in Toronto too, which was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it was, that's uh, where I blew out the last of my knee cartilage. And just, yeah, <laughs> I remember uh, we were having a beer or something right before they were going to go on, and uh, I, I I knew it was your band and everything, and you're like, the lights dimmed, and you're like. I got to get in there. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I, pr I probably won't see you for the rest of the night. And I gave you out because that night, that fucking venue just turned into absolute chaos. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And I just make my way to the front of that. And just, oh, yeah. Yeah. And the singers like jumping off like the balcony of the opera house and like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. They're just those are like those are my guys They're I never really like did the full freak out fan they're the only band i ever did it for and it was just like they just for whatever they just tapped into something that was like yep i i just i get it even though i don't get it and i want to understand it but i can't understand it and they're so good musically but they're insane live at the same time like it was just all the things they would just check off and it would just tap into something and at that time i was so like I had really numb myself and couldn't really release and that was like the only there was like i was the only man i could just it was pure catharsis i couldn't I could just let go. And it was like the only real spot I could let go aside from playing music uh, outside of that at that time in my life. So it was a really just important for like just getting the aggression and all the like just the stuff that kind of builds in you. You can just blow it all out and at least and then you feel better after and everyone's there for the same reason. No one's trying to hurt each other. At least most of the shows that I was at, they, no one was ever trying to hurt each other or anything. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting thing to think about, too, because really, like, um, lots of people ask me, like, why, why are you into metal? And it's more, like, because the live experience, it kind of taps into something very primal and almost, like, hard to explain. But it's also a safe and uh, appropriate spot to just go ape shit as an yeah. adult yeah. like yeah. like I, it's like i go to these shows and i'm in a venue with like a couple hundred people and you can just go up to a stranger and like give them a friendly push and they're not going to punch you in the face yeah. it's like they'll, they'll push you back and you know it's like part of the game you know it's like exactly and exactly. it's just like um usually like some of the most angriest shows like um one band I never like listen to on my free time, but every time they're at the opera house, I go and see is uh cannibal corpse just because I'm addicted to the energy. It's like a drug. And then like, Oh yeah. It's so aggressive. The crowd gets super aggressive, but it's not like people, like you mentioned earlier, like people aren't trying to hurt each other. They're like, they're still, it's hard to explain to somebody who's not, who's never been at one of these things. But, um, you're consensual just consensual violence, to, really. 
Yeah, yeah, consensual like violence. And you've if somebody agreed, falls, if, if you're up at the front, you've all agreed that this is the mosh pit. This is where shit goes down. And you're all there to do it. And you're all sweating on each other and hugging each other, or, you know, whatever it is. But it's also still like we've agreed that we're all going to hit each other and it's cool after and nobody's mad at each other. And this is just what you do. And it's there. Where else in society can you do that? Aside from like boxing or like martial arts or that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I didn't do any of that stuff. So that was like, that was for me. And like being a guy, there's just some of that energy that just, it's got to come out somewhere. And it's better that than me going sideways and getting into street fights or something like that. Cause I don't know what's going on in my own head, you know, whatever. So I was just very lucky that I, I was drawn to that music and it was just, you know, I latched on young when I was a young, angry kid. And it just, I think, I, mean, I think music also, like I should probably touch on it, I guess, because like I had a pretty traumatic childhood. My dad was in a really traumatic uh, car accident when I was eight. So I had a lot of, just a lot of stuff that I wasn't po- not able to process early on. And for sure, music was like something for me to just, I didn't have to think, I was so tired of talking about it. I could just mm-hmm. play and I didn't have to, I could go somewhere else and I could just do it. And again, this is me thinking later about yeah. it, but it's not like, again, it's not like this was conscious. It's just like something I just was whatever. I just had to do it or was drawn to do it or something just because yeah. I, I wasn't capable of talking about things like that. So you just, you just play and then that comes out that way. Yeah. Even like, even like on your own time too, like bef- probably before playing just to put something in your ears and just let uh, escape for a bit to whatever, yeah. like, like the sadness is around and stuff. Uh, I didn't go through the exact same experience as you, but like, just I've noticed uh, when I go through troubles in life, even like my earliest memories of feeling like, like just like whether it's anger or sadness, it usually leads to me escaping with songs and like things in my ear and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, even like uh, with, with your whole experience with your dad too, that was, um, it was an eye opener for me because uh, you were eight, I was seven years old. We lived on the same street, and it kind of made me change. It that that whole thing changed my life perspective in a way too because I didn't know or never had somebody who went through that traumatic stuff, and it just uh, kind of kicked me and said like or showed me that life is not all like smiles and rainbows because and just i don't know it was it was just like my first like little eye opener of how fragile we are and uh i don't often think about this kind of stuff but when i do it it almost turns into like this motivator that almost something we were talking about earlier it's like we're not here forever so do what you need to do while you're on here or what you're compelled to do and just go for it and everything yeah. And that was the thing is like my, the, the hugest takeaway, uh, you know, once you get past all the emotional pain and all that stuff and there is, it is, there is possible to do that and you have to do a lot of work and therapy and all that stuff, stuff. but I did. And it's very important. And I think that it's really valuable, but once you get past that, if you can, um, and that's something I'll always be, I'll always be dealing with it in some way, but I have a lot better of a handle on it now. Um, is that, yeah, it just the, that, and that was always, a huge thing shown to me immediately with like, man, you don't get anything. Nothing's guaranteed. Like, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you're, man. You're a like, child man too, right? Yeah. You're eight. And like, my dad was like strong fit dude. Like there was, you know, no reason. And then probably the only reason he did survive, like he survived for like 24 years, but like severely brain injured in a home wheelchair. Like, it, you know, it, 
sh- shit gets real, shit gets dark, and it did. Um, and that's that's a reality. I think that is sometimes it's uncomfortable for people to talk about, and I understand that, and I get that. Uh, I'm I'm able to talk about it now, and I think it's it's worth talking about because I know that it's like important for me. I I will listen to a lot of podcasts, and I let, I find that when people talk about their shit, you're like, right, I'm not the only person that like everybody. There's you know, I've heard things like everyone's fighting a battle, you know, nothing about all that kind of stuff. And it, it, it is true. So it's, it's good. And it, but it really does, it kicks you in the ass, say like, man, you're not going to be here forever. So why don't you just do what you're going to do? Because <laughs> I mean, it's not safe. It's not the safe route. Uh, and it's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we both know, but it's, I don't know. I just, it just, I could never see myself doing anything else. I, like, even if, you know, I, I was lucky in that I was able to just like, somehow be a musician that just lived off of playing music and nothing else can and just out of pure stubbornness and you know just fuck you i'll do it fuck you i'll do it that kind of thing um you know i sort of managed to do it now that that maybe that's not going to be able to be a thing but uh, i'm always going to make records and i'm always going to play and, like that's just for me that's a non-negotiable that'll be for the rest of my life yeah i think that fuck you attitude though like makes you able to to some way somehow with all like the odds against you swimming against the stream may just make it happen and uh yeah and you need that because a, you're not good enough at the beginning <laughs> and that's something that like a lot of like i don't know I, yeah, there's a lot of motivational shit that gets that's thrown around and it's a little too simple um there's it, I, but it's good to have that like that fuck you it's a naive attitude like, fuck you, I'm good enough. But you're probably not. But you need to have that to just, like, force yourself through it to get and get to a point where you're actually pretty good. And, like, I don't know, I'm all right. I'm not great. But, like, I was, I definitely had, like, the, there's an arrogance for sure that I had when I was younger and a bit of a cocky attitude for sure. Um, but you do, I think there's a part of it. It's just you're just trying to protect yourself and, like, just get, just keep moving forward and getting better at what you do. Yeah, that, that's facts. Even you're making me think of like kind of my journey too. It like didn't make sense for me to just even move to Toronto, which was almost a decade ago. But I just fell in love with the camera, and like I barely knew how to edit. Like I knew like the cut tool, and then all of a sudden, which is really ninety percent arrogance. And fuck you, yeah, I'm gonna do this because like I felt like really lost in my mid twenties, and then it was like I finally found something that brings me joy. And I could see where it goes, but I didn't know if I would be able to go down that path. But I stepped on the path anyways. And so many people were worried, like, and rightfully so discouraging me from going. Like, it did not make sense. But I'm so glad I did. <laughs> it brought me, like, through these beautiful adventures that I wouldn't trade for anything. Yeah, there's no logical reason to do it. It's <laughs> like, if you're just looking at it as a strict business perspective it's the stupidest thing you could do yeah actually i got i got a text yesterday too and oh my god like i just need to call a friend of mine right or like after this but uh he uh he took a safe route and it was very smart of him um he uh like for the past 10 years he's been uh working like pretty much like a scientist okay and um he hit me up and said he uh, he was about to get this promotion, and um, he quit his job and asked me if I wanted to just go to the East Coast. He's like, he's like, I don't, I'm not collecting EI because I quit. He's like, I just got inspired. They were they were gonna promote me, but like he was set. 
he was so set and I don't know his reason but it almost reminds me of, of like myself when I'm just like, oh, I'm going to do this right now. Just like, but he sounded so happy, so full of life. And it's just, it's so interesting to see, like, I don't know, like what's going to happen. But there's like, like well, a... he's going to go through the darkness later. Don't worry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, like, and not to like, but like you, but there's that at the beginning when you're like, I've just decided I'm going to do it. And there's that initial push of like, you get super excited and motivated and you're like, yeah, here we go. And then it's like six months in, you're like, Oh God, then reality hit, like crushes down on you. And you're like, but then you have to keep going through that and you just keep going. But like, I, I, you know, it's like that. I know that initial, like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And then you like getting, you're like, oh, this is a little harder than I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the the fantasy. Well, like some some moments is the fantasy. Oh, but then yeah, man, I, I got to do some things I never thought I would ever get to do and play some places I never thought I'd be. I never thought I could play in L.A. I got to play in like I've done. Got to do some like weird stuff that like a kid like me as a kid would have never believed. Uh, yeah. And I'm like by no means any famous rock star by any means but it just like little stuff for me that's like oh wow that's kind of cool i got to do like a flying gig where i like put my my guitar on the plane you know like the like little stuff like that like oh that's like that's cool you know like things like that you like okay that's a little that's a little benchmark all like achievements i guess that means i guess you're professional (laughs) you're down yeah that's when i'm like that's when i actually like oh and like when i i've heard other i've heard actually comedians talk about this so i'm probably but like poaching it from them but like when they got to like say like you know when you like go through customs on the airplane if you're like coming from another country and you have to like write down occupation and they're like and they i think that the bit was like i got to write down comedian and for me i, I could write down musician i was like that's that's kind of cool like, yeah you know, it's different when you're going through it because it's it's never how it seems to the outside like when you're living it for real but uh yeah like little things like that like oh that's kind of cool like 10 year old danny would fucking freak out about that <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I, I, I think i knew 10 year old danny he would be so freaking proud especially like having physical records yeah like, i know like if we were to tell like 10 year old danny like yo you're gonna have a record it's gonna say lead guitar you're like credits you wrote it like imagine telling your little self that like he probably wouldn't believe it like that's like the fantasy or whatever but yeah like i got to do that when i I think i made my first record when i was 16 we went we went to like i the whatever little high school band i was in and we went to a studio and we like banged out four songs in a day and they mixed it like that day and then <laughs> we got it like we all got cds to like take i remember it just we were like in our cars listening to our band it was you know it's not very good but it's still like we, at the time you're just like i can't believe that we're on the radio you know like even though it was like our putting it on the radio but yeah. it was still just like that it was so bizarre like and like i couldn't i couldn't fathom it so i mean yeah like i kind of got just hooked on how can we just keep doing that Oh, it's like that's a that's an amazing feeling though. It's like, yeah, it's finally like a physical like thing. It's like, yeah, you've made a thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's it's so cool. And like, uh, I want to go back to talking a bit about uh, guano again too. Okay, yeah. uh, like, man, like I'm I'm so pr- proud of you guys to make this album. And I wanted to ask too, uh, um, as we were talking, like you, you said, you were like in all these like different bands and trying different styles, even with like your solo stuff. But it seems like that is the thing that you are always gravitating to, whether like you stop doing shit bats for a couple of years or just put it to the side. It always seems to come back. And I want to know, is it because um, 
you guys in the band, you guys are like so close. It's like, is it also because of the hang and because you guys get along so well? Yeah, like we all love, like, like I, I love them. We all love each other. It's like a really, I just like being around them. It's they're they're great people, and we we're again, yeah, because it's 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 weird. Like, there's no other band I'd be in another. Like, they're in another province, and we're still sort of a band. You know, we are a band, but mm-hmm. it's 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 difficult to to do it. We don't. We have to be very very like make good use of our time when we are around each other and like we have to you know we have to always sort of like anytime we're around each other we're like ah we got to do this this, this, this. we always have to do like forty thousand things because we got (laughs) it done um but yeah it's just so fun to like just be able to hang with them and like i like cat has brought me out with playing in her band a few times and like i've got to like we've done touring and like you know we got to i got to play with her when she first was like playing her like record deal showcase thing in new york her first time ever in new york and we were all and it was the ship bats was her backing band but we were just like playing that cat clyde songs and we were all just <laughs> i remember just how fucking terrified we were all like just sitting at this airbnb just like just nobody was talking we were all like trying to meditate or do whatever. <laughs> like we went we've gone through so many like those like real crazy moments and we just have such a history with each other we all just like have such deep love for each other and respect for each other that and they're all such great musicians and they it's in like it really is like shit bats it's the combination of all of us we would never one of us on our own would never put this out it really is like everybody just it's the way we all meld together the way we all play together um yeah it just it just always feels so good that was the thing we always just and even when we were like writing the songs because like mitch was working like doing sound on a cruise ship for like six months or something so when he he came home in november of that year and then we were going to record in january so we had most of the songs sort of written, but we hadn't played with the bass and like the bass and guitar interplay is a huge thing in Guan in uh, the ship at. So like we had to kind of iron that out. And I remember it was just like the first time we like played, it was just like, <sighs> it just sort of like, <laughs> yeah. there it is. It just always just kicks right back in, even though like it'll take us a minute, but we always like tighten up so fast. And like, we just like, it just is there. There's a thing and there's just an undeniable thing. And I don't know what it is, but there's a thing. And so yeah, you just, yeah. when there's yeah. that thing, you gotta, gotta go at it. Yeah, yeah, you guys are just like got this family bond that would never be broken, you know, like maybe like, like Mitch will go away on a cruise for a bit or whatever, but he's still part of the family, you know, he comes back and like, like Cat and Strummer can move to another province, but you're still gonna make it work and everything. And do you feel like maybe um, with like all the other bands you were in that didn't work out, like they didn't have that dynamic to it? Or Every band's different. Yeah. Um, it's cause it's just, it's, it's a combination of personalities and how the personalities work together. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's just, every band has, uh, you know, and you're like, when you're dealing with musicians, we all have insane fucking narcissistic egos. So like mm-hmm. learning how to balance all that in a band is, is difficult. Uh, especially when you're on the road and like touring and like things get amplified, obviously. Um, so yeah, just, I mean, I, I, yeah, there's no one answer. I think every, every band kind of does what it's going to do in its own course. There's similarities. Cause like I talked to my friends that are in other bands and there's always like, there's always just like dynamics that just present themselves. Cause I think that's just like human group dynamics and that, that just sort of happens in anything. Um, but yeah, they're all different. I don't have, there's no one, one reason why things, but it's usually just personalities. It could be where you're where you, what you want to do at that time. Yeah, there's a million million reasons why oh, things yeah. don't work out. Yeah, yeah, I I forget who I was listening to. Probably another podcast with another great musician, but they were like um being in a band is like being in a marriage with like 
like four marriages or five marriages, like depending on how many members you are. And it's just like you all have to kind of just cater and um, also have the chemistry, you know, it's a yeah. The chemistry is, I, I, th I think, uh, yeah, I wonder if it's one of those things. I mean, like a band's always got to like practice and get tight and all that thing. But I, th I do think there's this probably something it's either there or it isn't. I don't know if you can kind of manufacture that. I mean, I guess you probably could. I don't know. But I've always noticed it. Like if something feels good, it feels real. It's a, like that's a very vague thing to say. And like, how do you pinpoint that? And I guess maybe just from I am just experienced. I sort of know when something something's hitting for real, then when something isn't maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's my yeah. best guess anyway you've been through the ringer with like so many different bands i guess like yeah you got the intuition now of like yeah yeah you know when something is working for sure that like you there's a, a reaction that you get because it's all like feedback and we were always i you know like all the shows that we always played uh we were always i mean again i could be maybe egotistical but we always i'm in my mind and our feedback would be we we're always like the best band of the night that was always our that was always the band that we people liked the most were like oh i've never heard anything like that that was always mm -hmm. the shit bats so i don't know that that's could just important. be that's, that's anecdotal but no 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 that's that's super important just to i don't know i find people gravitate to something they've never seen or felt before you know like there's so many people or bands that they'll like they'll choose the genre first before they start making the music. It's like, Oh, we want to be like Nickelback, but it seems like you guys are just more like just brought what you guys do best together. And it kind of made what the shit bats is. So do you want to hear like the, like the story of the shit bats, like the actual, like how it started? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. So in second year of like music industry arts, uh, we had this project that was like, it was a full year project and basically you could either be in a band or you could be like the team behind the band that would like do whatever, you know, there's oh, that's really like. cool. So, and I, and at that time I was already in a band, like another band. Uh, so I, for that project, I'm like, Oh, I'll just be with like the band that I was in. And then it was like, literally, I think the, it we would have had to do this class on a Monday, which means like you had to, the band had to like play one song in front of like the whole program and like kind of get, you know, approved. Uh, and Strummer just shoots me a text saying, "Hey, do you want to join a surf rock band called the Shipbats and play on <laughs> and Monday and play on Monday?" And I said, "Yep," <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> That's the best. And it was like, yeah, it's like so random. There was no like, again, there's no like thought. It, but, but to be fair, the ba the name was there, and then he kind of said surf rock, and then. You know, I mean, I don't think it's just surf rock now, but it like, but it was, there was a bit of a package sort of, I'm like, but the name was what sold. I was like, plus I love Strummer. So I'm like, I'll do, man, I'll be in any band you're in. I don't care. But, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah. then the name sold me. Yeah. yeah. Also, I like how it's called Guano, which is also bat shit. shit bat, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's just like, it writes itself. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's a self-titled album, but not, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's super fun and everything. But uh, yeah, oh my god! Like time is flying for me right now. I I can't believe we're like almost like at an hour. <laughs> like, oh shit, are we really? Like I feel like we just started doing this, but uh, that's what happens when uh, when I don't know you catch up with old friends and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I I got the most random memory as I was like mixing this drink. I was like thinking about like our past and everything like that, and you once told me the one of the most mind-blowing moments of my childhood i don't know if you remember this 
but you were the person who uh, broke it to me that Santa was not real. Oh, did I do that? Yeah, so you don't remember. This is kind oh. of awesome. Okay. So, <laughs> obviously, my memory's a bit blurry of this, but I remember some minor details. And I remember it was a, a sunny afternoon. We were in your backyard. It was me, you, and your brother. And um, I think one of your friends who was like your age, probably like like Saracino or Norman or somebody, one of your pals were there uh, from like our school. And um, you, you came up to me and Tim who's your brother and was like uh i need to tell you guys something really important like maybe you just found out too that's probably what did happen <laughs> so like i don't know the details but then i remember um there was a long wait and but i could i knew what it felt like to wait like i'm like oh this is gonna be like important like danny never talks like this or whatever and even how you set it up we like hid behind um you know like the side of uh the house where uh, there's like the brick wall and the chimney yep. that sticks out. So it was, it was like a bunch of kids like up to no good in an alley. And uh, oh, so I don't remember how you broke it to me, but you ended up telling uh, me and Tim Santa wasn't real. And then uh, you're like a day later, Tim like told your mom and then your mom got mad at you. Uh-huh. And then I remember- that part I remember. Yeah, you remember that part? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that part, that still gets spoken of. So it was just, like, probably heartbreaking for her. And then I remember uh, confronting uh, my mom or dad or somebody and being like, you you lied to me type of thing. And, the, and they weren't even mad. They were just like, yeah, whatever. Yep. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's going to find out one day. But <laughs> I do remember, like, knowing i think i'd probably heard from someone at school and then i'm like i basically just like forced my mom to tell me that he's not real and i was excited to know that he wasn't real because i was like super logical as a kid like psychological like psychological and it <laughs> never made sense to me like there's a i have a uh i found a like a little thing i, I wrote in maybe grade three or four about santa and it's like disprove or prove the existence of santa and i just said i don't think he exists because i don't think it's possible that he could fit down a chimney or get around the world all in one night. Like <laughs> something like super logical and just being like, I don't think he's real. That's freaking amazing. <laughs> oh man. And then like, probably like the other kids, like thought you were crazy. Like Alex Jones. And he's like, I know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I have the documents. <laughs> Hear any rain to your footsteps. <laughs> Santa's got the same handwriting as my mom. This is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. I didn't know you wrote that report either. That's funny. I found it somewhere and it was like I remember I just took a picture of it because I was like, that's so me. That's such like a young fucking too smart for his own good, but like an asshole and like kind of cocky. Like it's the same. Like it's like I think your personality is kind of your personality and you're just sort of stuck with what you got. <laughs> hey, but it shows sometimes you're right. Yeah, well, even though that people one. Like get mad at you around, it's like <laughs> I'm just spreading the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> but Dan, you you've been blowing my mind with the truth with your music you've been making, and uh, I want to say kudos. And even like I have very fond memories of us being kids, fucking playing Nirvana CDs, playing on tennis rackets, and 
man, you're doing it. <laughs> you're fucking doing it for real. And I guess. Yeah, yeah. Just like it's uh, beyond like awesome and totally like inspiring to me too. So uh, yeah. likewise, man. That's why I just love watching how your your podcast has come and just kept getting better and better and all the like crazy guests you're getting. That's why I'm like <laughs> I mean, you can have me, but I'm not Strombo. <laughs> it's, uh, we're not on the same level, but like, I man, it's cool. It's just, it's really cool to watch, watch you do it too. And I know how hard you work at it. So it, it goes both ways, man. Yeah, cheers. Like, I, I guess we got this mutual respect of just like, not only our history, but we're just like, kind of like the guys out of our group, just walking these strange paths and everything. <laughs> and, uh, I always appreciate that. Like, yeah, I know. Like, it's, I want to see the strange paths. Like, <laughs> some support and be able to have these conversations. And even I remember last time I saw you, which was a few weeks ago, we, we shot like a little uh, music video for your girlfriend. And like the last night we just had this deep talk in the kitchen. It was basically like this podcast but like three times as longer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and like, uh, yeah, like when you left too, I was like, that was so freaking nice. Like, cause it's, um, I don't know. I, it's rare. Like, like I have like these type of conversations on the show a lot, but it's not usually like with my own peers and friends and stuff like that. It's usually like a musician I meet for a day or a filmmaker or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's just cool to know, uh, like uh you're always like supporting me it actually like gives me like a lot of energy as well so yeah, likewise thank, thank you enough man <laughs> thank you man yeah, yeah but anyways like what are you drinking right now i i got a bourbon on the rocks what about oh, you nice i got uh spice rum and ginger ale so maybe we should end this off with like a cheers and i'm into that cheers yeah. man and thanks for being on the show thanks for having me Okay, and now we're going to play the shit bats. I'm a great.